Welcome everyone to this week's really big fan pod. I'm your host, Jazaka. I'm joined as always by Acronym. What's up? My co-host and wife. I've got my name on the forehead today. Oh, I don't have my name on my forehead. No. No. We don't have I don't have a hat a hat for with my name on it. it. Funny enough, when we were at um the Hollow Gay event, yes. the person that was next to me saw you walk in with the hat on and went, Oh my god, someone's wearing your hat. And I'm like, I bet you it's Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. It was. I got really excited. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> Do you feel like uh um Steven Stills from Scott Pilgrim? When we get famous, not not only Chuck will be wearing our hats, but cool people. <laughs> oh, man. I wish that uh, the actress for Knives would have, like, gave him a look for, like, been, like, happy and then went, wait. Yeah. Gave him a look like, wait, that was an insult. I didn't get that. Wait a second. No, I think at that point, 17-year-olds, things just go over their head. For sure. <laughs> As someone who interacts with 13-year-olds on a daily basis these days, oh, uh, yeah. You keep not... thinking they're 13, and I swear they're, like, 11. Maybe they are. <laughs> I don't know. They're children. They're children. That's all I, that's every, everything... Everything below I can't drive to me is just children. <laughs> Y'all children. We are here for uh, the last really big fan pod of 2023. We're going to talk about some of our favorite stuff that we've seen and done in the last uh, 12 months. So I'm happy to uh, have you guys on Twitch, which is where you can find us Wednesday nights around uh, 7 o'clock when we record the show live. And if uh, you're not watching us on Twitch and you listen to us as a podcast, either on patreon.com backslash really big fan pod or just wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, thanks for tuning in for uh, the last show of the year. Anything else we want to do before we uh, get to the next part? Nope. Let's go right to the headlines. Yeah, this part. This is the next part. This is the next part. This is where the this is where the production goes in. Where the headlines happen. Tomorrow, where when I go through the audio and put the thing in, right here. No, wait, right here. Okay, I'm doing that for invisible or yeah, invisible Tony. No, faceless, faceless Tony. Tony. You called him invisible Tony last week, and then he told him, "I'm like, I couldn't put my finger on why that sounded so weird." <laughs> Until I realized he did not say faceless. He said right. invisible. Plot twist. There's an invisible Tony, too. Oh, God. And they have to fight. <laughs> You're going to knife fight in Ohio. <laughs> uh, so let's start with uh, let's start with some video game news. Uh, Insomniac, the company behind the Spider-Man games, and we're make, working on a Wolverine game, got hacked. On December 12th by a hacker group that was called, hold on, I just had it in front of me, and then I did, uh, Residia, R-H-Y-S-I-D-A, grabbed a whole bunch of info, including uh, what is said to be a playable version of Wolverine, the Wolverine game, which is still two years out in development, but and, uh, and a whole bunch of stuff that proves some of the other things that they're working on uh, tried to ransom it, so they didn't pay them. So they just put ninety eight percent of it, according to them, all up online. So we now have kind of a, a an idea of what it looks like a sneak preview. That's the funny thing is I didn't see any of the screenshots or anything of the Wolverine game. Hmm. Like this happened to um, Rockstar Games around this time last year. 
where somebody hacked them and they were like, this is GTA 6 and it looked awful. And then they were like, yeah, because it's a production build. Yeah. It's not the finished build. Ready yet. Right. And they didn't give us a trailer or announcement or anything for GTA 6 until a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That tells you how far back in the workload that they were. But according to this, uh, we can look forward to Spider-Man 2 multiplayer that they're working on next year. Uh, a Venom game set in the same universe uh, in 2025. The Wolverine game is supposed to hit somewhere between 2025 and 2026, as well as get a multiplayer variant. Spider-Man 3 is supposed to come out 2027, and then an X-Men game is due by 2029 or 2030. Hmm. So you know that piques my interest. <laughs> you got a long time to wait there, buddy. I do. <laughs> like six or seven years. Longer than that. Hope I'm still here. <laughs> I don't know if the entire earth will still be here. Let's be honest. There are there are times where I just kind of think to myself, but I, you know, I, I maybe that's just part of getting older too. Yeah, is you just look around at things and they're not how you remember them, and you're like, you know what? I don't know if we'll all still be here. Exactly, because because you don't know what your timelines looks like. Well, I'm going to address this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel has fired Jonathan Majors after the assault and harassment verdict. Okay. Um, totally fair. Uh, I think he it said that he had to go up against a jury of six people, so he didn't even get like a 12. He had a six. and uh, That's weird. They basically said that he had third degree and guilty of a re- harassment, uh, reckless assault the third degree and guilty of harassment. So... Um, they basically before the March arrest, he was supposed to be positioned to be like the head of all the Marvel. He was going to be the new Thanos. Yeah, and um, there was supposed to be the King Dynasty and all that other stuff. He had been an Ant Man in the Lost Quantum Mania and Loki. And I was talking to Faceless Tony about this when I found this out. Not Invisible Tony. Not Invisible Tony. Faceless Tony. And what I kind of landed on was. If they saw this coming since March, they more than likely changed the end of Loki and it just worked. Because oh, that's entirely possible. Watching it and and trying to avoid spoilers for anybody that hasn't watched Loki still, but with the way that it ended, they very much could have changed just that last episode mm-hmm. because all of it hinged on the last episode. Yeah. So if they flipped that to where it didn't have to involve Kang at all and the direction changed and everything else, that could be the end of that and they could pivot and change whatever it is they have planned for 2026, which is when Kang Dynasty was supposed to be slated. And it was an avenged avengers movie so now they've just gone back to calling it avengers 5 yeah so we don't know where it's going to go from that but it's going to be kind of uncomfortable anybody that wants to like anybody that takes on that role if they recast a king is going to be in a very weird position and i've already seen dumb rumors like will smith is gonna i saw somebody say john boyega yeah and like john boyega at least has the the look and build of king to where it's not so much i've also seen people go they have the opportunity to do the funniest thing and photoshop terrence howard in the Kang suit because he had to be recast after 
he decided he wasn't getting enough money for Iron Man 2. Next time, baby. Next time, baby. And then he becomes king. So, I mean, that would be honestly hysterical, but I highly doubt that they'll go that route. So, it, there's only been a couple recasts within the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that would be Rhodey, as well as the Incredible Hulk being Mark Ruffalo instead of uh, Edward Norton. And then because William Hurt has passed, Harrison Ford is taking on um, Thunderbolt Ross. So those are the only recasts that have really ever happened within the MCU. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see what they do moving forward. But we screw up your career, buddy. Wait a minute. What did you say about Thunderbolt Ross? Uh, William Hurt was uh, he died. And so Harrison Ford is now Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, okay. so that's going to be in the uh, Captain America New World Order movie. Who is William? And I think they said that, um, uh, isn't that who becomes Red Hulk? Yes. Yeah. So. That guy? Yeah. Oh. He was in, like, he was, like, one of the people that you saw, I believe, in, um, when they went back in time to go to, uh, the Avengers headquarters. Right. Case and stuff. I think it was him. So, yeah, I could have swore. Well, yeah, there was there, there, there was yeah. the guy with the mustache. Yeah. yeah, and I could have swore that was a different guy. Yeah, I guess I was wrong. Here's my here's okay. So here's my thoughts on it. You've already proven two years ago since the Thanos thing that in what they're construing as a Marvel multiverse, that in every universe, even if it's the same person doesn't have to look like the same person. Correct. You had a Spider-Man movie with three different actors mm-hmm. playing Peter Parker. So there is, in my mind, no reason you not only can recast Kang as well as just about anybody right. as as an alternate version of them, but he doesn't even have to be a black man. Yeah. Because, and I'm not a black person, but there's a part of me whenever I think of like, well, who do you recast for Kang? We always pick black people. Because Jonathan Majors is a black guy. So we're always like, who do we want that looks the most like the guy who was the guy? Yeah, but kind there, of thing. there is a discourse, too. And we're two white people, so we're not the right people to have that conversation. No, not at all. I'm saying there, the voice is in the back of my head going like, right. that seems a little racist. But on the flip side, if they recast with a white person, there's going to be discourse on that, too. hundred percent. No, I'm, I'm certain. There is no way that you would understand that. It is Chris Pratt as an Italian plumber, but doesn't sound like an Italian plumber. You can't Fair. win at that point, and you just have to just move forward, and hopefully it doesn't get screwed up any more than it already is. Or you could just not use Kang. Well, and that was the other thing, is I've seen people do fantasy casts of, like, have that room where they all are waiting and have it as, like, an end credit scene, have them all be obliterated by one person, yeah. and it zooms in and it's... Doom. Yeah, Doctor Doom. I've I've seen a lot of people be like, y'all making a Fantastic Four movie anyways. Yeah. What Fantastic Four have Galactus, they got Doctor Doom, uh, they've got a whole bunch of other people that are like cosmic level threats. Right. And, and segue into Quite that. honestly, the Avengers Rogues Gallery sucks. Well, and you you had brought up a point before of why not bring in the villain from Guardians Three. Oh, yeah, High Evolutionary? Yeah. Fuck yeah, he was great. He was scary, and there was a alternate scene where you can see him being carried out by Drax yeah. off of the ship. 
we know Rocket did not kill him. Yeah. So moving forward from that, it there's an opportunity for that. But regardless, no matter what happens, they're going to have to be very skilled in their PR to craft how that's going to go moving forward. And it could get really messy for whoever picks it up. I honestly don't see Will Smith picking that up. He has his own problems. Fair enough. You see, have you you've ever seen the meme? It's a scene from I think it's a movie or something like that, where like the dude is just slapping everyone that comes in front of him mm-hmm. over and over again. That would be Will Smith with the Avengers. <laughs> just slap. I don't think he can ever slap anyone again. <laughs> I, I think that he is done with slapping people. No more slapping for Will Smith. All right. <laughs> so what do you got next? Uh, next up, a uh, little Steam um, news. So I saw one of the videos from this last week, but there is a game that has been on Steam for years. It's one of the original versions of what is League of Legends or what we know as Pokemon Unite. That's that style of game. It's called Dota 2. Right. I don't even know what Dota is uh, is short for. I think it's an acronym for something. But anyways, um, Steam decided with the uh, Dota community if they could find uh, what the players they found that were um, that were cheaters mm-hmm. instead of just outright banning them. They did this Christmas event where you got a present and you opened your present. Most people would open their present. They'd get like a new cosmetic for a character or something or some some in-game currency so you can buy a cool thing. But if they had you on the list of people who they knew were cheating, you got a lump of coal and a lifetime ban. Wow. As soon as that lump of coal <laughs> inserts itself into your inventory, you can no longer ready up for a game of Dota 2. That is wild. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty great, but also wild. Can you imagine if you poured a bunch of money into the game and then you... Well, the one the one video I saw, I think this might be it, was a streamer on Twitch uh-huh. that was like, oh, let's open up our Festivus box and see what's going on. And... He's like, what'd I get? Oh, a lump of coal. That's funny. And then when he goes to ready match, it's like, no, you can't. <laughs> so one eighteen. Oh, so it's not a lasting ban. It's only for a little bit. I don't. I, he said one eighteen. One eighteen. Okay. Yeah. So it's probably not a list. Defense of the ancients is what it's called. Right. So, I it, it made for a very funny uh, video <laughs> <laughs> when I saw it. I was like, I I, I will never get. Uh, Oh, thank you, Hotspot Huntress in the chat. Said it's called Defense of the Ancients. That's the that's what Dota stands for. Just said that. I I thought you meant the I thought you meant the item meant Defense of the no, Ancients. No, I just I get that. that. All right. <laughs> also, she said, let's just dump a bunch of superhero names in a hat. Pull out five. That's the new Avengers. Yep. They said Florida Joker. That's, that's kind of how it works. <laughs> so there was a photo of Ryan Gosling leading, uh, leaving a recording studio that belongs to Mark Ronson. Okay. Now we know why. Ryan Gosling unveils Ken the EP, and it has three new versions of the Grammy-nominated song, and it features the I'm Just Ken, Merry Christmas Barbie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it, it, there's like a, I think there's a music video that's listed here as well, and... um. It says that additional I'm Just Ken renditions include my feelings in my feelings acoustic and purple disco machine remix. So Ryan Gosling has an EP. (laughs) 
I told you that we just did a Christmas dirt bag EP, didn't I? I think so. Yeah. They do a couple of really traditional Christmas songs, but then they change Teenage Dirt Bag, so it's about Santa Claus. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty great. I want to say like there are some really good, and we kind of touched on this with Justin last week, but there are some really good original Christmas songs that aren't like covers. Yeah, songs. So like, if you guys need non-traditional Christmas music, it's out there. Go look for it. Post a post a link to your Spotify list. Yeah, yeah. Some people have Apple Music, sadly, so they can't use it. Well, then that's their problem. Post a link to your Spotify. <laughs> Yes, I've got tons of like emo Christmas music and stuff like that all in a play. At the very least, they can look up the titles and then put them in in their own play in their their Apple Music. Correct app. Um, so Sony announced that the PlayStation Five has sold fifty million units so far in its uh in its lifetime. Uh, and they did that right after Xbox last weekend decided to drop the price of the Xbox Series X by $100. So it is now $399. That's still too much for an Xbox. It's a little pricey, especially when it's the <laughs> it's the lesser of the two systems. Like well, a, that's what I'm saying. There's not anything that's like proprietary to Xbox that's worth paying that much money for, really. Right. It's it's, 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 it's the Xbox, but that's the thing. I haven't I don't remember if I've heard Microsoft say this, but I think they are definitely looking more towards the if we can not only be your gaming machine with game pass that you just pay a monthly subscription like you do with your streaming services so you can just play all these cool games we got if we can be your netflix machine if we can be your hulu machine your disney plus machine all with this box then then that's like they i don't i want to say they've given up on the gaming station you can do the same thing that's true it's absolutely true. Just how we watch everything. And it, yeah, the PlayStation Four. We'll, we'll. I'll talk about that in the second segment. The PlayStation Four is essentially our uh, our streaming watching service machine. Um, the Iron Claw is supposed to come out Friday. Yeah. Um, they did a full in depth movie review on Rolling Stone, and went through uh, the whole tragedy of the Von Erichs and sure. stuff like that. Interestingly enough, though, they left out the youngest Von Erich in that story. Really? Yeah. And they, I don't know. It, is he, he's not the one that's still alive. No, that's Kevin. Okay. Kevin is um the one that's still alive and lives in like Hawaii. Yeah, something. he was the one in the dark side of the ring. Episode. Exactly. So he is still good. And the way that they kind of ended it was, um, or at least the review was saying like that Kevin basically had to get away from wrestling or else he was going to end up like everybody. Sure. But I believe the youngest was named Chris and they're okay. the one that committed suicide. Was that the one that they kind of like they got him into the Von Erichs and he wasn't very good, but he was yeah. a Von Erich. So exactly. like, well, because they had they ended up casting somebody as a Von Erich at one point that wasn't one. Yeah. And it didn't work. And everybody was like, why are you trying to get this guy right. to be like our favorite when he's not even really part of your family? Yeah. And Chris just didn't have the build and body style and he wanted to be so much like Carrie and all of them. So yeah. It just didn't end up working out. But what's interesting to me is like when I was listening or like listening and watching to the Dark Side of the Rain episode, you never hear Kevin outright say that their father was abusive. And that is how they paint it in this article. Interesting. That the dad was abusive. So I'm not sure. I don't know enough about the Von Erichs beyond Dark Side of the Ring, so it would be hard for me to know. But um, I know that he did play a volatile character 
in wrestling, he played a Nazi. Yeah. The the dad. So right. like you never know how aggressive it could be. I think the worst I heard them say was that um at one point when one of them got sick, it was the one that went to Japan, I'm blanking on his name, to wrestle out over there. He got sick right before he left and he's like, No, you make your shows. Right. You don't you don't postpone, you don't drop out, you make your shows and by the time he got over there he died from yeah. some sort of stomach illness. So that could very well be just a tip of the iceberg when it comes to abuse. But Zach Efron is supposed to be in this movie. And yeah, he's completely transformed his yep. body into being that. So it'll be interesting to see what the public reception is of it. But it doesn't come out until Friday. So we won't know. MJF also in that movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot that he was. in there. Yep. He actually there's a photo of him on the red carpet with John Cena oh, at yeah, the yeah. premiere. And uh, he was there, too. Yeah. He said uh, in an interview that him and John Cena both uh, said that John Cena told him he's a big fan of his work. Oh, that's cute. And he said, well, I'm a big fan of your work. John. probably geeked him out. I'm sure. Here, you know, I'm sure there's so he's the heelist of heels. He probably was pretty stoked about that. I would really love to see. I mean, he's kind of in his face turn right now in, in AEW. Yeah. But I would really love to see. I, I sent you a video a couple of days ago of uh, Christian Cage. And he was taking a photo with a little girl mm-hmm. and he's totally in his Christian Cage character. Mm-hmm. And the minute that snap is over, he turns into normal person. He gets this like smile and he turns into normal posture change. He turns into oh, yeah. person and he shakes the hand of the dad. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, thank you very Thanks for, you know, coming kind of thing. And I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that in MJF. Yeah. Like to see that that snap of like, oh, I don't have to be in character now. Yeah, I haven't seen him do it. He's really, um, he's very curated. And so he tries to look as, as I think it's a big part of bag, no matter what. I think it's a big part of his philosophy in wrestling is that he wants to be kind of that old school kayfabe guy, kayfabe heel. Dr. D. David Schultz, baby. Kayfabe. <laughs> Speaking of wrestling, too, uh, Justin making the headlines with his Roar Around the Ring podcast. Woo! Everybody covering that he talked to Bianca Belair. And uh, she gave her thoughts on Charlotte Flair's injury that happened a week or two ago. She's, I think she tore her ACL, her MCL, and her meniscus. Yikes. Did she do that on a moonsault or something? I don't think so. I think it was just a, it was kind of like Kevin Nash tearing his quad. It's just a normal move, just a wrong step and pop. Shit. We never see her get hurt. So that's pretty wild. Yeah, she's going to be out, I think, like nine plus months or something. Yeah. But if you want to hear Bianca Belair... Talk about all that kind of thing. You can go and uh, find the roar around the ring. Yeah, where Justin talked to her. Hell yeah, that's so the awesome. riff. Uh, the riff website. We got um just a little nod here. Amp Fiddler, who was part of the Detroit music scene, died this week at the age of sixty-five. He played with uh, Par- Parliament Funkadelic and Prince. Introduced a Jay Dilla and more throughout his career, and pretty much everybody in Detroit has been in a, a state of mourning because of that. I, I believe he's been on movement lineups before, so everybody's had some sort of six degrees of separation with the guy. I know our buddy K Fresh is is a proprietor of all of that information. No okay. when it comes to that underground scene, and he was posting tons of like old behind the scenes stuff and kind of keeping everybody updated on all the information that was happening. So if you can check out, I don't know if he's been posting it to the Renaissance Soul podcast page, but that would be somewhere I would check. Um, but there are other also local headlines, but it did actually make Rolling Stone as a headline. So like that's, that's how impactful cool. that Ant Fiddler was in the Detroit scenes. So rest in peace to that guy. It's unfortunate that they're not here to see the, you know, Rolling that Stone covering 
mm-hmm. something that happened with them. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to with a lot of stuff these days is that nobody gets their flowers until after they're gone. Right. I know I was just watching a clip earlier today of um, a, I don't know, if it was a panel or something like that that Jack White had either done or put together with Joan Baez. Mm. And people were talking to her and she was just like, I'm so glad I get to see this because Jack had said something to yeah. the effect of like, I'm glad we get to do this now while you're still here exactly versus you know years and years later when you're gone and he goes but i think you'll live to be 100 (laughs) let's hope so (laughs) that's all i've got for headlines all right well let's take a short break and we'll come back and uh talk about some of the best stuff that we saw and did and listened to and played on the video game consoles in 2023 next on the really big fan podcast Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Podcast. As I mentioned in the last segment, you can hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com backslash reallybigfanpod. That's where for $5 a month to get ad-free versions of these shows, as well as our Really Big Fan Podcast double feature. Uh, me and Mike Pandoff just recorded the last one for this uh, this particular year, our last uh, Christmassy episode. And uh, looking forward to, we've got we got some great movies in the in the you know, in in the queue yeah. for twenty twenty three. Our first episode is gonna be twenty twenty four. It's just like writing it. Yeah. Like you don't you gotta get used to it. You're gonna keep saying, yeah. You're keep saying, <laughs> yeah. But uh definitely some stuff to look forward to over there. Five bucks a month gets you additional podcast from us here at the really big fan podcast. Uh are we a network? We're not really a network. We're just two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, network would mean we'd have to add more. Right, exactly. But if you want to come and work for the Really Big Fan Podcast, that was become a network. Uh, we don't pay. Uh, <laughs> we can't pay ourselves. We can't pay ourselves, so we can't pay you. Oh, goodness. So 2023. Yeah. Another year down. You're going to have to lead this because I don't really know what we're doing. Well, I wanted to kind of wrap <laughs> up the year by talking about some of the stuff that we've experienced this year that we were really big fans of. And uh, I, I mean... A perfect place to start is the movie theater. When we go to the movies, rare, rarely do we see something that's not superhero related. Yep. But boy, oh boy, did we get some bangers this year. Mm-hmm. We got the Spider-Verse and Turtles in the same year yep. already right off the bat. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed the Marvels. Yep. I thought that was a blast. Yep. Um, some of the, the, the like, I mean, Ant-Man wasn't this year. No, that's well, that's the problem. I was like, you're gonna have to lead this because I don't remember what happened five minutes ago. (laughs) What happened all year long, except the only thing I'm going to remember is every freaking concert. So, well, that's what I that's the content I expect you to bring. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Getting to go and see Megan at the top of the year with Shawnee was fantastic. That movie was really fun. Yeah. That that seems super silly. I don't know that I want to even see the uh, the one that's extra gory. Yeah, because I feel like it was perfect the way it was. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure. Guardians was this year, wasn't it? Was it? I think it might have been. I feel like it was like really early in the year if it was, but I can't remember. Um, I like I said, I am not good at remembering anything that happened this year. So, right. <laughs> like I, I'm gonna be dead in the water here. Ant Man and Wasp, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Marvels. Yep. Was this year? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That Quantum Medium was at the beginning of the year, and then he's already screwed up his entire career. That's so wild to me. Yeah. Way to go, Jonathan Majors, you idiot. 
Remember when the most embarrassing thing a Marvel Cinematic Universe actor did was Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, history before yeah. his big comeback? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, being Chris Pratt has its embarrassments. That's fair. Uh, he's very awkward about everything and right. his wife and all jazz. We did. We didn't go to the movies for the. We didn't see them, but like the fourth John Wick was this year, and all of those are great. Yeah, Oppenheimer and Barbie was this past summer. I still have not seen Barbie, and no, but it did just at me. At it just got to max. Okay, so over the holidays, totally watching Barbie. Yeah, between the two of us, people literally are like, "What is wrong with you?" And I go, "I don't go to the movies unless it's a Marvel movie." Yeah, so I have not seen it. I hate to be that person, but that is how my life works. Going to the movies is expensive, so it's a little bit like buying a record album. Was Renfield this year? I think it was. Yeah, Renfield was. Yeah, because I think we went to that after Megan. Yeah. So, yeah, Renfield was spectacular. I I laughed so hard throughout that entire movie. Yeah, that was great. I think that was the only thing that I saw in theaters that wasn't a Marvel movie. Right. (laughs) But that's what I was saying is like buying a record album is super expensive. Going to the movies is kind of expensive. So if you go on a Tuesday, it's not that bad. But it's still it's still more more money than it is to like pull up the streaming service you already paid for kind of thing. So it's true. I don't mind waiting until things are on streaming services unless it is a Marvel movie. I'm still trying to not sneeze. To not sneeze. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But like. You know, if it's if it's accessible that easily, but I've, this is part of why like an end of the year recap is also so hard for me is because I'm always so behind on everything. Like yeah. I don't even listen to new music. Right. I, I keep listening. Yeah, we're certainly not going to tell you about any really good music that came out this year because yeah, because I'm really behind. I honestly just asked my Instagram audience, okay, y'all keep talking about Sleep Token and Bad Omens. Which one do I need to listen to and why? Yeah. Because I wanted to see what would happen. And, like, I got tons of people saying both, but, like, Sleep Token ended up being the one that had won out. But the album that I was told to listen to was from 2021. Yeah. So it, it's not even, like, the most recent one. I'm kind of glad that they said Sleep Token instead of Bad Omens. Why? I I remember playing some Bad Omens stuff when I was on at the radio station, and, like, it was fine. But, I still haven't listened to any of it yet. Like uh, for for Bad Omens, I did listen to the Sleep Token album I was told to start with. Yeah, and that one's pretty good and not what I expected at all. It's kind of got like weird bluesy notes to it, but cool. it also seems very horny. So <laughs> like I don't know. It's it's really odd. Of course, like I mean, we know Alex is always horned up, but she was just like, okay, Bad Omens is like BDSM, and Sleep Token is baby daddy music, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? So those were the the ways that it got described to me. And and after I posted, because I I put the question button up, so I started sharing everybody's responses. And then people were like, oh, yeah, Sleep Token is like lovemaking music. Okay, you guys are all really weird. The next time we talk to Alex on this show, I'm going to say she's live from horny jail. (laughs) I did tell her that she was going to horny jail in Hunter yesterday. She she deserved it. Yep. Uh, on our small screens on the TV, we got uh, the fifth season of What We Do in the Shadows, which we just found out the next one will be the last one. Yep. I a- feel like that makes sense. Like, I know everybody else, like, who loves What We Do in the Shadows seems to be really upset by this. Right. But after you have, like, the way that that season ended in season five. Yeah. I don't think that there's much more that can be done. 
you know, like you are I agree. Kind of exhausted that point. So like what happens now? Well, and in a way, too. So the what we do in the shadow show is different from the what we do in the shadows movie. Yes. And I think you could make more seasons of what we do in the shadows, but just follow another group of vampires you could place else that puts you in a space where you have to be better than laszlo naja nandor and you can't do that that's fair like there's no way that you can add anything cooler than what is there already the only thing that you could really do at this point is end the sixth season of those guys moving out yeah and taika and them moving in maybe and starting it as a right then this is where the movie happens as a joke. Yeah, maybe. To, to end it that way, that would be kind of funny, but yeah. I like that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I could see that. That would that would be funny. I think it's a concept much like The Office that um, if you can separate yourself from like this new version is going is not going to be the old version. It's going to be a new version. It's going to be more of something you liked, which doesn't mean it's going to be as good or worse or better. It's going to be more than... Like, I would be on board. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would. Yeah. To be honest, like, if if this is where these characters end, that's where they end, and I'm good. Right. Now, like, if you would give me an Americanized version of those cops from the TV The Wellington show, Paranormal, yeah. yeah. If they would do an American version of that, or at least put it on an American streaming service, I'd be down to watch those. Right. Because, like, we watched, like, one or two episodes, but then, like... I was test- I was testing the waters to see if you liked it. Yeah, no, I liked it. It was good. I just, like, they didn't... We didn't have access to it anymore somehow. Yeah. So I don't know even if it's on an American I believe it's on Max. But um, that would be the only other thing you could watch. But, like, I wouldn't want them to st- continue the title, What We Do in the Shadows, and put other vampires are there like i don't want that all right that's just me yeah <laughs> look at that something we disagree on well that's the end of the really big fan podcast <laughs> you have to agree with everything the host said no everything. i'm a host too that's fair so you're you're in a paradox motherfucker <laughs> uh we got our scott pilgrim anime that we did a whole episode on mm-hmm. that we really really enjoyed we just finished the second season of uh our flag means death yes absolutely adored it great. love it absolutely good good times was had doctor who is back mm-hmm. with uh with the russell t davies and we got some david Tennant, and that was a lot of fun yep there's a whole season of rick and morty i haven't even watched <laughs> Yeah, I've, I'm sure I like it. On Rick and Morty, I'm like, sure I like it. Seasons, I just, I did, like it, while it was going on, I was like, I'll get to it when I get to it. Uh, Gen V was great. Yep, Gen V was a lot of fun. I, hope, I didn't watch that one either. Yeah, I hope you like. I hope the boys comes back and you watch two episodes. and You're like, fuck, I gotta watch Gen V now. This is so good. No, I I feel like I'm gonna watch the boys maybe, but yeah, I, I am almost to the point of like every time that they're like, we're gonna make it even weirder. I'm like. I don't even want it to be that weird. <laughs> right. Like, it's already weird enough. Some guy got strangled with a penis two seasons ago. It's I, true. Like, that's already a lot. <laughs> I don't know if in my old age I'm just getting, like, weird about stuff, but I'm just like, I, this is a lot, guys. This is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that is all you. <laughs> so one of the reasons I wanted to do this uh, particular episode with a year in review is because there was an article that showed like all the gaming systems were doing uh or they 
uh, like Spotify wrapped. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was kind of fascinating and I wanted to share it with everybody. Um, I pulled up my Nintendo Switch one here for 2023. So I'm, I'm curious if this if this tracks with you or if there are some surprises because you live with me. So you probably have a pretty good idea of what I've, I've been playing in 2023. So my first game of the year that I played on the Switch was Breath of the Wild. Yep. Um, says I played a total of 69 total games. <laughs> nice. And 331 total hours this year. Yeah. On the, on the like Switch. Yeah, that feels about right. Uh, Breath of the Wild, Fortnite, and the Super Nintendo, Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, because then it's going to count it with multiple games. My most so. most played games of the year. 161 hours into Breath of the Wild. 56 hours into Fortnite this summer. Well, the funny part about this is, is this is only the Switch. This does not count you playing Final Fantasy. No, and and we'll get to that, but um cuz that was on the PlayStation 3. But yeah, so 161 hours of Breath of the Wild uh says my uh the my gaming trends include uh, 30, 36% action games, 32% adventure games and 14% shooting games. Classic games only comes up as 10%. That seems bogus. And role-playing games only is 5%. That's going to change next year. <laughs> I played the most in March. There's a reason for that. <laughs> uh, what was my favorite game of 2023? I think it asked me, and I said the the Legend of Zelda. Yeah. So I went to pull this up on the Sony site, mm-hmm. and it said you need to have played at least four hours on your PlayStation 4 or 5 for, for us to give you a wrapped. Yeah. And I went, oh, I've been playing Final Fantasy 13 on the playstation 3 yeah <laughs> it doesn't count that yeah i mean how long i think you said that was like 70 something hours or something like that right i put about 90 hours into it all yeah. said all said none i guarantee you like if they looked at my switch it would just be pokemon unite because that was the thing that i played the most of because i only put in 20 hours on uh, let's go pikachu and like i'm already done with it I just need to. Are you? Well, I just need to beat the um the Pokemon League. Oh, okay. But like, I've already gone through everybody and got through Giovanni. Did you catch them all? No, I'm close though. I think we talked about this before. You don't care to fill out your Pokedex, do you? No, I've been doing it. It's just I don't. I didn't do it the last time where like I played through because the last time it took me forty hours. Ah. It only took me twenty hours this time. Nice. So, <laughs> like, I shaved it's a time. whole... It took me two weeks the last time, and this time it essentially took me a week. What What exactly shaved all that time off? Probably just me having a better strategy of it. Yeah. Did you, did you like, know the mazes better in the caves and the... Not really. No? No. I, I do remember that I... This time I probably didn't fight as many things... Really? Like, because there were certain points where I was like, I just want to get to the next town. Yeah. So I would just, like, wait until the person that was going to target me turned and then I'd run by them. <laughs> nice. So I didn't have to fight them. Like, I'm um, surprised you didn't end up screwing yourself experience-wise. No, because I was still way. catching things. Right. So, like, you still get experience points by catching things. Right. You get experience points and money from fighting yes but like i was also picking up every single pokeball that i would see and if i got like extra escape ropes or elixirs or stuff like that that i don't use yeah just sell them and then get more pokeballs and things it's wild to think you sold escape ropes well because i had one already i don't need more than one i only used it once because i i would always use those to get out of dungeons if i was like 
in in a dire situation where I needed to leave. I only had to do that one time, and it was just because I got lost in the rock tunnel. Yeah. But, like, literally, that was the only time I ever used one was one time. But it's also extremely interesting from a game design perspective that you could play it that way. Yeah. And it didn't, like, it didn't hinder you. Yeah. In any fashion. It was like I got rid of my lures. I never used those, really. So every time I picked up a lure, I would just hold on to them and then get rid of them later. So... Certain things like that where, like, I just kind of... And you don't, like, use your candies on your on your Pokemon at all either, do you? Oh, I was, yeah. Were you okay? Yeah. So, like, I, I kept adding them, especially um, some of the Pokemon that wouldn't grind up because I have, I have a uh, Pikachu that is the main one and I had a Raichu. So, like, both of those are at level 50 right now. Okay. Um, But, like, I was adding stuff to them, and then as time went on and I got ones that I was keeping in my party, I have a couple fire Pokemon. Blastoise is, like, one of my strongest ones, too. Um, But, like, I had a Rapidash in there, and then when I got the Zapdos, I kicked the Rapidash out. Oh. Like, so there was, like, certain ones, but I had been feeding the lower-level ones that didn't get as much action all candy. So I wasn't giving them to Pikachu and Raichu. When you said grind up, were you meaning the ones that wouldn't level up properly? Yeah. Oh, because I thought maybe you meant the ones that you couldn't make candy out of. No, 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 because that doesn't work the same way as it works in um in Pokemon Go. Right. Like, when you send those away in Pokemon Go, it grinds them into candy. <laughs> Which is disturbing as hell. It is. But when you play it on there, it's you send the Pokemon to Professor Oak. Yeah. And he gives you candies. But there's no concept that you're being grinding up your Pokemon. Which implies he's the one doing it. I mean, that he's a murderer. He's a Pokemon murderer. He's running a Pokemon slaughterhouse. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, no, I would send stuff to him, but with... With anything with Pokemon, um, like Let's Go Eevee or Let's Go Pikachu, I usually try to keep the highest evolution, like one of the highest evolution of everything in my Pokemon bag. You don't name your Pokemon either, do you? Uh, I did um, when I had two Pikachu, but when it went back to a Raichu, I, I changed it to Raichu. So no, I don't. What was he called when there were two Pikachu? Pikachu. Oh, that's right. Yes, I had Pikachu and Pikachu. And, uh, <laughs> like, literally, I changed him to Pikachu, and then, like, five days later, he became a Raichu. And you were like, well, I don't need this anymore. I was like, no, now he's now he's a Raichu. He's cooler. He could be Ra- Raichu. <laughs> I liked the alliteration of the situation. So over on Microsoft's Xbox site, this is kind of fascinating, they still keep track of not only stuff that I've played on Game Pass, but stuff I played on the Xbox 360, because as you can see in here, it's got the Rock Band and the Rocksmith icons in there, some of the games I played. said I played uh, at least on Microsoft uh, products for 34 hours this uh, this year, a total of eight games. (laughs) Yes, Unpacking being one of them, that my top gameplay month was in June. Uh, shows Grounded, uh, Persona 3 Portable, which I do not remember playing, but like Last Call, BBS, and Unpacking. I thought you were playing Unpacking on the computer. I was. on. Uh, on... Oh, so this this counts all Microsoft, like not just consoles. Yeah. Okay. No, it counts like your Game Pass stuff. Yeah. I don't even remember you playing Grounded. I don't even know what that is. That was one of the games I played with uh, with the group where we were the we were the kids in the backyard that were a little tiny and we were fighting bugs and collecting leaves and rocks and stuff to make uh, 
to to survive. Still don't remember. But then again, you guys never call a game by the game's name. So it's I have true. No idea. Said my second top game I played was Scorn, which I only played for I. It says thirteen hours. I played it for maybe a week. It was a first person shooter that looked like an H.R. Geiger painting. You were walking through like you. It was the guy who designed the aliens. Oh. So like the first thing you get is this friggin' gun that comes out of your wrist. It's gross. I don't do first-person shooters. Super gross. I don't mess with any of those. But I only played it for 13 hours and did not beat it because I got to the second-to-last level and the game had a glitch in it. I remember that part. And I was like... Very big mad about that. Well, this is BS. Yeah. And yeah, I was was real mad about that. When technology doesn't work, Chuck does get angry. I do get angry. It's true. And, and usually that means if he gets angry and I am in the room, I leave the room. Because <laughs> I got to I gotta smack it. Okay. Like Will Smith, I got to snap it. He's angry. I'm going over here. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, Steam also has their year in review, review thing, uh, which is kind of interesting. It says, I played 20 games. Six of them were new. Uh, unlocked 172 achievements. My longest streak of playing games on Steam was 19 days. And it says that uh, my top three games are Phasmophobia, Barotrauma, and Sunhaven, which is... That tracks. Not surprising. Yep. That would be, uh, what is it, Ground uh, Ghosts, Grounded to Powder, and Night Soup. Yes. Are, those, are what those three games are. I do like the fact that somehow Sunhaven became Night Soup. It became Night Soup, yeah, because we, we had to have a... We have a building where all the cooking happens. Yeah. And that's where the Night Soup happens. <laughs> It was just like it, it. It came from me being stupid and high. Yep. Eating soup in the middle of the night, and somehow became the name of what you guys would call your. Game, okay, so, so this is the fascinating part. I wanted to show you with the the Steam app. So this shows you month by month how much you played the game. Uh, Phasmophobia, my most played game. I started playing in August this year, <laughs> and then just played it a ton through September. Well, through of course, now. you played it in October because they had like didn't they have like skeletons in the lobby? Yeah, they had a they had a Halloween event. Basically, what happened was they added achievements and they completely revamped the game around September. Right. So me and King Mob and Chappie and we all jumped back into it mm-hmm. to try it out. But this is what I find fascinating. So my second most played game is Barrow Trauma. We started in March. And you could see September when I started playing Phasmophobia is when I stopped playing Barrow Trauma. It's like, okay, bye. <laughs> and you could see Sunhaven. We played from June to September and then like we started playing other games. That's funny. Which is funny. Yeah, it also has Deep Rock Galactic in here, Grounded, which we started. And then it shows like your playtime month by month kind of thing, which I thought was pretty cool. So you can go on Steam's website. Uh, as well as Nintendo and and Microsoft's website, and get your wraps to uh, to see what games you've been playing all year. I'm like, I love that all my stuff is just Pokemon games. <laughs> I don't even have Pokemon them. and Tony Hawk. Yep, yeah, Pokemon and Tony Hawk. Those would be the two. Um, as, I guess as far as mine, the best way I can do this is to look at my folder. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just rattle these off. I guess I don't. I don't know what I'm doing right now. Um, what concerts did you shoot this year? Acronym. Three doors down in Candlebox, Absol. Um, I did Arts Beats and Eats that had Hailstorm. Um, 
Joan Jet, I got attacked, so I didn't get to do. <laughs> right. Uh, Ashniko and Audrey Nuna, Asking Alexandria, and The Who. The Who was really interesting, actually. I did not know what to expect. You you mean the Mongolian band, The Who? Yeah. Because you said it like The Who. Well, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm reading it, not hearing it. Like, like for a second, I was like, when did you photograph no, The Who? H-U. I don't know. Yeah, The Who. I, I, okay. I'm a writer, not a, a vocal. All right. So, um, yeah. So, them. Uh, Avenge Sevenfold, I got to do the redo date because I initially wasn't slated on the first date, but somebody else dropped out and I was able to get in for that one. Bayside, Big Time Rush, uh, Counting Crows with Dashboard Confessional, which was pretty interesting. I... I wasn't sure what to expect with that one because everybody was like, Adam Duritz is weird. And That's the tour where he, he sang everything the way he was supposed to? Yeah. Nice. And it was in the first, like, three songs, too. I heard everything I wanted to hear pretty much. Um, I think the only thing, like, because I heard uh, um, Colorblinded as I was leaving because I didn't have a ticket for that one, so I couldn't stay. Sure. So I, I like, caught it as I was getting out of there but i didn't hear a long december i think is the only thing that i missed um disturbed breaking benjamin and ginger which i was like obsessed with the girl yeah um from, from ginger. ginger she was freaking gorgeous uh grandson and Flay, which was the same night as taylor swift which was insane because downtown was just gridlocked with awful parking yeah sam and i wasn't there like a tigers game that that night two i don't know but it was so bad that sam and i parked at mgm and walked all the way to st andrews wow so (laughs) that was kind of rough we took an uber the way back (laughs) but it was a nightmare um hawthorne heights and armor for sleep i drove to grand rapids for that one and that one was definitely worth it hosier which was amazing lauren sanderson was at the loving touch and that one wasn't like an official thing but loving touch doesn't stop you from bringing a camera in so i just shot that one anyway uh movement was definitely my favorite thing this year uh at least one of my favorite things i got to see bonobo who i've loved for years and i also got to photograph skrillex and that was insane um i didn't expect it to be as good as it was with skrillex because I think because I've done movement so many times, I get kind of jaded at the fact I'm like, it's just a local festival right. of rain when it's not. And so, like, I get through the first day and I'm like, God, I'm exhausted. And then I went the second day towards the end of the night because that was the night that I left during Double or Nothing to go downtown yes. to photograph some of it. And then the third day I get there and I'm like, oh, okay, I got to wait for Skrillex and whatever. And it ended up being like probably the best set I've ever seen at Movement, period. Like out of all the years I've done it, which is really a, a feat to get being how many years I've gone. Sure. So that was pretty awesome. Um, Newfound Glory did an acoustic set because one of their band members has a really uh, aggressive form of cancer. So they had someone else on tour with them and they were raising money for him for his uh, care. So that was an extra special one. Um, Riff Fest, I got to see uh, I Prevail. I've been talking to people a lot about this one the last couple of days because Bad Omens was on that lineup. Yeah. And you typically, when you shoot a festival, if Bad Omens is in that lineup, you were allowed to do it. The lights went down 
60 seconds beforehand and they yanked us all out. Huh. With the exception of Jason, because he was the riff photographer. Right. So he got to shoot them. No one else did. There was somebody that had drove like one or two states over. Ooh, rough. He was in tears, just a fucking wreck. And so like her and one of the other people that was there had literally only done that festival because of Four Bad Omens. That's right. So How, did they not know that Bad Omens doesn't let you t- take their photo? Well, they thought because it was a festival, technically, uh, that they would be OK. So they chanced it. Yeah. And then last pop- possible second, we were told, though. No. I mean, if Bad Omens just has a history of not letting you photograph them you're i guess you're kind of taking your chances well yeah and that's uh, like i felt bad because it's like their favorite band and they really they were trying to get it to happen or whatever and one of the things that people don't really realize about the concert side of things is that when we photograph concerts we are not allowed to take our gear back into the amphitheater or inside the venue like if you do something like st andrews or fillmore you're still allowed to keep your gear but if you're doing like lca Pine Knob, Michigan Lottery, any of those, you have to take your gear back to your vehicle. Right. You leave. Like one or the other. You can you also have to have a ticket for the show. At least with Rift Fest, you get to stay and do whatever usually, but you can't go and take your gear with you. So I ended up watching their gear and let them go. Yeah. Go watch the show because I felt so bad. I'm like, right. it would be like 60 seconds before being in the pit for MCR and then pulling me. Yeah. And that would wreck me. So I was like, okay, just go. I will watch your shit. Go see your favorite. Nice that this person they just met will watch their stuff. And they're like, yeah, she seems trustworthy. Well, no, I knew both of them pretty well Uh, from the internet. Sure. I I hadn't ever met Kelly before. It was one of the girls. was uh, Kelly. And she knew me well enough from online to know I wasn't going to, like, steal her gear. Right. And then the other person was Austin, who was in Found in the Underground. Yeah. So he obviously knew I was safe enough to leave his shit with. I leave my shit with him when I got to go to the bathroom. So there's that. Um, I got to do Sad Summer Fest this year, which was Hot Mulligan, Bomb Jeans, Motion City Soundtrack, Paris, Sincere, and Engineer, Stand Atlantic, and Taking Back Sunday and The Main. And that one started at like 2 p.m., yeah. which was pretty wild. Like I was like, it's like a Tuesday. <laughs> this is weird. Okay. I got to photograph Santana before he decided to say he wasn't into trans people, so that happened. Um, Census Fail and Holy Absence was really good. Shining Down, Papa Roach, and Spirit Box. And if you guys look at my Instagram story, my Spirit Box post is still getting likes. That's cool. It is now at around 14,000 views. And over a thousand likes, which is really hard to get when you're actually doing like static posts that aren't reels. Reels, you're always going to get. It's cool that their online fan base is so uh, active. Exactly. When they're a band that doesn't really get a tons of radio play and everything else. Yeah. Like you don't ever really hear about them necessarily. Like now people are starting to know who they are because Megan the Stallion did a remix where they had Spirit Box on it which was pretty cool, but that only just happened within the last month or so. Um, Smashing Pumpkins was my favorite out of the whole year as far as uh, any concert was concerned, like sitting in the I didn't, I, I, think, I think there was like almost an opportunity for me to go with you to that, mm-hmm. and I didn't take it because I was like, no, I've seen my 
best Smashing Pumpkin show. But I'm really excited that you kind of got that experience of like, mm-hmm. that was a perfect set list. That was yeah. everything I wanted to hear. That, it was the perfect one for me. Uh, like the LCA one was different. Like there were there was a lot of different stuff that was in that one that I wasn't necessarily as crazy about. For the Pine Knob show, though, like it was guitar heavy. It was really good. Literally, it, it's hard to say like you go, that was my favorite show of the year. And it got shut down five songs before it ended because of a torrential downpour. Right. But it was still good. And it was kind of silly because as we're all being ushered out of Pie Knob, Billy's just sitting on stage waving at everybody bye. as we're leaving. Bye, guys. Like, sorry, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Which was kind of adorable. Um, Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, Burner, Too Short, and Warren G. I think that is the most smoked out I've ever seen Pine Knob. Yeah. Like, it, it looked like Silent Hill. But that was all marijuana. Yeah. And I was kind of low-key proud of Pine Knob for bringing the loud. Um, T-Pain, that was actually a really good show. Friend of the show, Mark Cooper, had tickets to that and forgot that it was that. And so he saw the posts going out and going, no! (laughs) So he was super upset he missed that show. Um, the darkness. I I was really excited because it was the the twenty year for permission to land. I think it's twenty, if not twenty, the fifteen year of permission to land. I unfortunately did not get great shots, mm. and I was kind of bummed about what I got out of it. But it was a great show. Um, Justin Hawkins is ridiculous. I I love that man. He's so ro- wild. At one point, there was somebody in the crowd that had a T-shirt that said "Who ate all the pussy" on it, and the person took off their shirt and threw it to him, and he put it on and nice. continued to play, which was pretty hilarious. He also crowd surfed while playing the guitar. I didn't get to see that because I was downstairs already, but it was pretty awesome. Uh, Token. It was like the first show I think I did of the year this year, and it was only because he had a song in the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. <laughs> like, that is literally the only reason I was at that show. <laughs> so stupid. Um, I got my first out-of-state fest, or not out-of-state, out-of-Detroit festival at Upheaval in Grand Rapids. That was a two-day festival, and I got to photograph Bring Me the Horizon, Dorothy, Lamb of God, Memphis Mayfire, and Royal Bliss. I ended up missing one set of somebody's i forget which band it was and it was because i was stuck at a food line for like two hours yikes so i like i didn't eat the entire day and it's kind of like when you go to um yuma con and people talk about being in line con uh-huh. you're in line forever yep. that's basically how that played out i'm like i was just waiting for island noodles but like even Island Noodles is so popular but even still like every line was that long so yeah. there wasn't like Hey, let if I'm gonna on. have to, if I'm gonna have to wait in a long line, it might as well be for something I'm really excited to exactly. have. Exactly, and island noodles is probably the healthiest thing I could probably consume on any festival ground. So, because it's like you got pea pods and vegetables yeah. and stuff like that. So, I tend to eat that when I'm out there because I don't want to eat junk food. Um, I also got to see Crowbot falling in reverse. Fuck you, Ronnie Radke. Uh, Flyleaf which was really awesome because there was a band that dropped out. I'm blanking which band it even was now. Um, Might have been Asking Alexandria. I feel like it might have been them. 
Um, they dropped out and they put Flyleaf on and Flyleaf only really reunited for, um, I think, Sick New World. Uh-huh. I want to say it was that one. And so it was cool that we got to see them because they were definitely a big one. Even Despite the fact that I'm like not in the Christian world anymore, they were a Christian metal band. Right. And so when I was growing up, they were super fucking popular. So that was kind of a cool moment for me. I got Hailstorm twice this year. Mm-hmm. That was just silly in itself. Um, Ice Nine Kills, Suicide Silence, and We Came as Romans, which We Came as Romans is a Detroit band, and somehow I had to photograph them in Grand Rapids. <laughs> make it make sense. I don't know. Um, and I'm at, toward the end here, so I'm almost done. I got Walker and Royce and Vanessa, which was, I think actually that might have been the first one this year. It was... um electronic show at the russell i've never done that before that was an interesting experience and then um i got my first official um photographer of the night for a band this year it was for a hardcore band called show me the body and i shot that show broke my lens right beforehand and had to shoot it on like a 55 millimeter which was difficult as hell but I got it done, and I got to actually see Scowl, who arguably was cooler than the band I was shooting. Yeah. They ended up on Coachella's lineup this year. They blew up, like, right after the fact, so they're huge now, and that was really awesome. I also got comped tickets for Riot Fest because they didn't have enough room for me as a photographer, so they let me at least go and still see the show, cover the show, so I got to see um, Foo Fighters, Drain, Bowling for Soup, Queens of the Stone Age, I got to see Death Cab twice within 24 hours right. because I left Riot Fest to come back to go to Death Cab and Postal Service. We basically followed their bus home back this way. Basically, yeah. I was actually standing in the Queens of the Stone Age crowd watching the Death Cab show on the screen because they had the stages yeah. next to each other, but they played their set. So I at least saw the Death Cab show twice, and then I saw the Postal Service one once, and that one was with you. I also got my first house photographer position at the Magic Bag. Really thankful for that one. I've gotten to see some cool acts, but I think out of all the ones that I've gotten to do there, the two that stand out to me are the Lemon Twigs, who actually opened for MCR at LCA, Mm -hmm. but we didn't get to photograph them. And uh, also got to do Pussy Riot this year, which they're more so... They're probably considered like on a terrorist watch list. I'm sure. But they basically do a art presentation. They sing and they rap now, but they were never actually musicians before. They were just protest performance art. And now they're doing like musician tour. So it's kind of an interesting way that they're all set up. But those two have been probably my favorites so far at Magic Bag overall. It's funny because I was looking at the list while you were talking and like you didn't even say every single thing on the list, but you shot a lot of goddamn shows. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it, I'm sure, because you're like, oh, I'm not, I don't have shows to look forward to. I'm not shooting shows every night of the week kind of thing. But like, you shot a lot of goddamn shows this year. Yeah. I mean, especially when you get to August, September. That's where it becomes a clusterfuck. Yeah. Every other every day. yeah every it's two not to three every day every two to three days you're you're gone. And then it's like okay now I got to go to this festival now I got to go to this festival and like some of those things overlap too because I know one year 
I think it was 2021, I did Taking Back Sunday on a Friday night. Riff Fest was on Saturday, and that's like 10 bands in itself. Yep. And then I drove to Riot Fest. And so I ended up seeing and photographing and videoing over 20 bands in three days. Right. So, like, it, it's crazy when you do some of the festivals because you're running back and forth between things. And with certain ones like movement, I have to pace myself. Yeah. And one of my other friends, um, she goes by Jet Trail Photography. She was like, I'm going to get everybody at movement. I'm like, good luck with that. And by like day two, she was dying. And I'm like, I told you, it's almost physically impossible to do that. You need to taper your expectations and get who you really want versus being burnt out and shooting every single person. Now, I feel like in certain situations, like if you do Riot Fest, you have to make some executive decisions on who you're going to see because things overlap. I got a lot of people yelling at me for not seeing Corey Feldman. Yeah. And I'm like, I went and saw Bowling for Soup and I think I made the right decision, guys. (laughs) Um, But everybody that I've talked to is either like, go see Corey Feldman or nah Bowling for Soup was probably better but there's no middle ground where somebody's like hey it could go either way well you forgot the best concert we saw all year anyways Weedus fucking Weedus (laughs) Weedus was great I don't even know what planet I was on that day because that was the second day of our uh, big time rush shoot and so by the time that I got to Magic Bag and this was prior to me working there I had no fight in me anymore. I had to sit through that entire show. I think I got up to like film Teenage Dirtbag and I sat back down. Like it was a good show, but I could not tell you what I saw. It was a fantastic night. Uh, but it was definitely a good, uh, a good run of shows this year. I could have went and saw Weedis and been like. Eh, they were okay, but at least I got to hear Teenage Dirtbag kind of thing. Right. But no, no, from like... They're way better no. than they, they really should be. They're fantastic musicians. <laughs> they play... They let the crowd choose the set list. Like, they just let you shout things out at them, and then they're like, yeah, we'll play that one, which <laughs> takes a level of musicianship that you do not see very often. Pearl Jam doesn't even let the crowd shout out songs and then just play them for them. Oh, yeah, of course God not. sakes. No. Uh, you definitely have to be able to switch your your sound and tune and everything out of dime when you do something like that. And then my my last one and the like very last one is I got to go on a couple dates with Ante Ghost. Yes. So there's a they're local, they're awesome. They definitely have like they have certain tendencies to have the play style of Nirvana, but don't sound like Nirvana. When I first saw them, I was like, "These guys watching these guys reminds me of watching Nirvana on stage." Yeah. Um, the but they're that, they're definitely more emo. Yeah, like the way that Sean plays the guitar and the way he throws himself all over the place is definitely like that. I ended up finding out the bassist Andrew absolutely loves the Smashing Pumpkins. That is his favorite '90s band. Nice and. Uh, the Dylan, the drummer, just looks like Dave Grohl, and no matter what, he's never going to escape that. Yeah. He also plays like that. He does Muppet Arms. Yeah, he's got Muppet Arms. So that was pretty awesome. I have, of course, my my third day got cut short, but I will have other opportunities. Right. So overall, though, like 
unfortunately, like I don't do a lot of like socializing and going and doing tons of things. I basically my entire life is shooting shows, but it's what makes me the most happy. And there's, you know, there's less issues with arguing with people and having social fallout when I don't talk to people. (laughs) So, like, and for me, I'm like... Say that like you don't get drama from shooting shows when you totally get drama from shooting shows. But drama from shooting shows is not nearly as bad as just normal human drama. Right. And it's like, there's not really drama with the people I shoot with or like the friends that I have in it there's more just like like hierarchy drama and it's not as bad beyond that but like I I feel like this has been one of the best years for it and having Sam on board as well to help me out with stuff yeah and great um when we got really hectic like I say September August September gets so insane that I can't do all of it myself so there would be shows that I would apply for thinking that, oh, well, I'll get at least one of these and then I'd get two or three of them. And yep. go, uh, um, shit, help, help, help. Yep. But that's to benefit of having, you know, this group of people that I'm around. It's like Alex isn't here, but Jacob and Sam are here. And then there's also Wade who can sometimes do stuff, but not all the time. But having sam aboard at least we were able to split it up between us and there was stuff that she wanted that i would have never shot so it worked out and then like for her she got our technically she got the first out of state festival i have never been approved for an out of state festival where i was shooting and she got that one first through my magazine and i was super stoked for her because it was bands that she absolutely loved yeah and it was perfect for her to cover she got alkaline trio and jimmy world and all those guys and i was glad that i was able to have that in for her yeah but also she got to do pitbull and enrique which was not something that i ever thought my magazine would get approved for in the first place because that's such a huge show but she got to do pitbull enrique and ricky martin so, like, definitely was a good year for that. I also got approved for, like, a Ticketmaster partnership thing. So I'm an affiliate for Ticketmaster and stuff. So there's, like, a lot of different things that has advanced throughout my career. And, like, I, the thing with Big Time Rush, too, being able to not just photograph them and photograph behind the scenes, but get a co-producer credit on that. Just a lot of professional yays for me. Yeah. Like... That stuff geeks me out, so I feel like I'm kind of boring, like saying it down. <laughs> because it's like it's exciting Look, for me. The point of this know. show is for us to go. 2023 was pretty all right. Yeah, so that that definitely was a, a jam, and even with like some of the stuff that had happened this year, like me almost dying in a car crash. Like I was telling Anna the other night, I'm like. Not that I'm saying that, like, any of that had to happen, but if I had to almost die and crash my car in order to have the weekend I had with Antigos, I will fully take that because it was such a good weekend. Right. And I can't let that ruin what I experienced. Right. So. I mean, this year started off real rough for me. Yeah. Uh, actually, last year was really rough around this time. Yeah. And uh, it kind of trailed over into January and February so that by March I had to uh, leave radio so that we could start this podcast. Yeah. In April. But I'd, I'd like to say that I do feel like I am in a better place 12 months later. Yeah. Than I was 12 months ago. Um, there's You asked me the other day, is there stuff I miss about radio? There's absolutely things. 
that I miss about radio, but I also feel like I'm in a healthier place uh, right now. Yeah, mentally, doing this podcast with you and and stuff. with my 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 job that I have now and everything. We I still have Kylo. We still have Kylo. Thanks Kylo to last year, so many people. <laughs> I'm sure a few of them are listening to this podcast right now. So many of you guys helped us out with the GoFundMe mm-hmm. uh, so that we could pay for Kylo's surgery, and, and we are every day with him is a treasure. Yeah, that uh, that we cannot thank everyone enough for. Yeah, there's no way that I could repay that. He he is like. He is my entire life. That is my baby. Yeah. Like, I know some people cringe about that when you say, like, that your animal is your child, but literally he is my baby. And if he would have died, I would have fell apart even harder. Right. Because we'd already lost Izzy at that point, too. No, I mean, granted, cats don't live forever. I know. Someday we will... We will have to say goodbye to Kylo. Well, we like I'm I'm I always think back to that moment of me going like I can't lose another one. Yeah, because like we had just lost Izzy and then Kylo got sick and I'm like, no, I will lose my mind. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> and now we have Lou. And now we have Lou. Who 2023 was the year <laughs> of Lewis. <laughs> I talked to Paige on the phone today. And we were talking about Lou, and I said, I'm pretty sure he thought that the rock band and potato party was for him. I'm sure he did. Everybody immediately came in and just surrounded him on the floor. Yeah. And they were like, cat, cat, cat. He was the center of attention, (laughs) which is exactly what he likes. That's why he's the welcoming committee, and Kylo hides in the back bedroom. Yep. He (laughs) He doesn't want anything to do with new people. Yep. Lou made a bunch of new friends, and uh, he... Got all the scratchings and pettings, and he has been a delight despite the fact that he broke the Xbox and has knocked over the Christmas tree at least twice now. That's fair. But we love him despite him and his one brain cell. He's sweet, which makes up for it. If he was if he was like a mean cat and also stupid, I don't think he'd yeah. survive in this house very long. I think I think we'd have to have rehomed him by this point. Yeah, no, he is he is the most lovable idiot. He likes to read comic books with you. He does, which it's cool that you mentioned that because that was the last thing I wanted to talk about because I didn't talk about it was yeah. comic book wise. I don't have a lot to talk about, but the fact that uh, we got a pretty cool Transformers book here uh, in 2023 is is neat for me. And also um, this was this year started a little rough for the X-Men and, and uh, as far as like the what about. Uh, enjoying every book in the franchise kind of thing that wasn't really happening um but then in the middle of the summer they did their hellfire gallus thing and that kind of uh kicked off the end of the krakoan era of x it kicked it off and killed everyone it killed a whole bunch of people but it was a it was really fun to read it was fun to see like how far it would they would go in just that one issue to set up the next part and as we were on the air marvel did tweet out that um the x-men titles will start whatever their new era is with something called X-Men from the Ashes hmm. in July of next year. That sounds like a Phoenix. Very Phoenix-like. Phoenix is always connected to the X-Men, so... Well, yeah, but that, I'm, I'm just saying it sounds like, oh, hey, we might revive the Dark Phoenix situation. Yeah, it's not gonna... It's not gonna I was just talking to somebody else about that uh, yesterday about, like, um, they're... they're talking about with the the movies obviously we're going to get the x-men in the marvel cinematic universe eventually and the rumor right now is that they're going to use mr sinister instead of magneto Mm. for the cinematic universe stuff which all right cool (laughs) 
So that's 2023. We're going to come back in a minute. We're going to hit you with our last serotonin boost of the year. And then we're going to say adios to the Really Big Fan Podcast. Until, we're not ending. Until 2024. <laughs> Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Podcast. Thank you, as always, uh, as I say every episode, for everyone that is following us online, for everyone that is subscribing to our Patreon, even if you're just following us on Patreon. We really appreciate it. And uh, we hope that we provide you with content that you feel is worth kicking us a couple of bucks for. Um, because if it's not, then we're going to have to get three jobs again and won't have any time to do this podcast. I already don't have a lot of time as it is. <laughs> All right. Serotonin boost time. You want to go first? I don't have anything. No? You're just gone? Yeah. Your serotonin boost this week is the second season of Our Flag Means Death. Is it? Because we, <laughs> we we gunned through that thing. We watched like we did, yeah. a couple episodes and then over the weekend we watched a couple more and, and it was like only, I think, eight episodes for the season. But we watched two and then like five or six all at once. I think we watched four yeah. of Max, but um, I mean like character development on Izzy hands, I guess, yeah. would probably be it. Is that like... You have this character that's, like, just completely, like, cranky, burly, like, constantly... He's kind of the villain. Like, yeah, like, well, definitely in the first season, he was more of a villain, and then he kind of got absorbed by everybody, and he was just there being pissed off the whole time, and he's he was, like, Blackbeard's second-in-command, but really, when it came down to it, at one point, he tells Blackbeard, like... I kept you in the dark. Yeah. I kept your darkness and you don't need that anymore. And it was just really interesting to see his overall character development. He went from that, like getting his leg chopped off to, you know, being drunk all the time to being in drag singing uh, Vivienne Rose and... Really great singing voice for a guy with such a like... Raspy voice. Raspy cigarette if throat voice if you don't know this actor like i don't know what his his actual name is but he was also a police captain in um what do you call it uh the batman the robert pattinson version yes and so if you remember that character at all in the police uh um like in the police station part it's that guy so it was really cool to see how that expanded and overall the whole story ended up well and it's just a lot of good gay fun yeah well on that note my uh, serotonin boost is also the second season of our flag meets death but from a from a different angle Mm -hmm. i want to shout out the sitcom from 2007 flight of the concords it was brett mckenzie and jermaine clement yep um both of our favorite shows of the last couple of years would not have happened if it weren't for Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Because Jermaine is a big part of what we do in the shadows, mm. along with, um, what's the what's the director's name? Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Uh, Taika directed episodes of Flight of the Concord mm-hmm. and is in and directing um, Our Flag Means Death, along with Reese Darby, who was their manager, the Flight of the Concords manager mm-hmm. in the old show. And, and even, you got to give a shout out to Christian Schull, who's in what we do in the shadows but like her voice is so iconic from bob's burgers yeah that uh i i think flight of the concords has had such a ripple effect on 
television comedy. Yeah, I mean, give it a shout out. You don't necessarily get that much expansion on comedians other than going from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and there has been so many people that have been produced from a specific show that have gone on to do other very successful shows. Right there, there, there's definitely been these these touchstones that you can point to. It's like, well, all of these people work together, like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, all work together with um. Uh, the director, the Scott Pilgrim director. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. They all work together on this show for, you know, the BBC in in, in their early years. Yeah. And so when they expanded, when they got the money to do the big movies and stuff like that, it's very easy to work with the people that you worked in the trenches with. Right. Well, it's funny because if you think about it, too, from like that perspective, you have those guys and then you have like. Portlandia, yep. Fred Armisen, like all of these weird niche things. Or Mr. Show. Um, Mr. Show had a whole bunch of people that went on to bigger and better things. The, the people from Mighty, uh, the Mighty Boosh. Yeah. Like, like all of those really strange niche shows. And then you have crossovers between that too, where you have um, the guy that essentially is old Greg. Is that how everybody's going to know him? Yeah. He played a character in the IT crowd at one point. So like there's a lot of like weird strange people in these groups that kind of intermingle, but they're not the same group of like, you know, you have somebody like um what's her name who plays uh Spanish Jackie. Oh, uh I know I know who you're talking about. She was in that Ghostbusters movie that no one but me likes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I forget what her name is. I'm blanking so hard. Right so now. Leslie Jones. Yes. There it is. Leslie Jones. So Leslie Jones is like the only SNL person that has like really crossed over into that world. Right. Beyond that, it's a lot of these same care, like same troops of people. It's always funny to watch these like these little uh these little tribes Mm -hmm. and then like one person will work with another person and then they'll go back to their tribe and be like that person's pretty cool and then they'll be in the next project Uh that like this little tribe does and they'll all be like oh yeah they are pretty cool well i feel like that's how even like wes anderson works yeah it's like somebody will be like you know this wes anderson guy is pretty interesting you should come over here and do this thing and then it's like somebody will work with bill murray and then all of a sudden they end up in a wes anderson thing yeah and like it just slowly trickles in like that for sure which is pretty amazing but yeah wanted to wanted to give a shout out to flight of the concords because i remember i watched it long after it was not i not on hbo anymore i watched it on like a dvd box set with janine because she had it and i was like this is pretty great (laughs) there's a there's a I'm I'm gonna butcher it, but there's a really funny joke in the first season, and Reese Darby delivers it, and it's funny because they're New Zealand, so they have the accent. Mm. Um, but like he's 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 taking attendance for their meeting in his his office, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just he's like Brit present, Jermaine present. So silly. It's funny stuff. So if you haven't checked out Flight of the Concords, either their albums or their show, I would I would recommend checking it out. Like, Flight of the Concords essentially just like the New Zealand Tenacious D. Yes. <laughs> I think they predate the Tenacious D, so in a probably. way, we could probably thank you for Tenacious D. <laughs> Great. Jack Black, thank you. Yeah, he saw the Flight of the Concords show and was like, I could do that. 
I know a guy that plays guitar really well. <laughs> Thank you guys for checking us out in 2023. We look forward to coming back in 2024 and talking to some of our friends and maybe even some of you about the things that you are a really big fan of. Have yourself a great Christmas and New Year, and we'll check you out for the next Really Big Fan Pod in 2024. why i keep sneezing yeah you had a sneezing fit this morning i know i don't know if it's like dry air or what so you need that ghastly so weather changing you said me yeah that air air humidifier <laughs> that makes all the, the humidifier that looks around like, the ball yeah it looks like ghastly so it's just the face and like it's so cool. there. yeah because they don't have the darth vader one i liked anymore right Where it would go and then like expel the steam I wonder what the Darth Vader breathing sound sounds like in other languages. I would assume since it's a sound, it sounds the same. Cause like there's a there's a um transformer that has a different name in Japan. Mm-hmm. And the name is essentially the sound that a ambulance makes, so it's Wii U Wii U. <laughs> is he an ambulance? He is. Oh, yeah, then that's perfect. Right, but the fact that his name is just wee wee is pretty funny. I'm good for that. Okay.